Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. You know, I'm really excited today. I'm not the one bringing you the word, but we have somebody really awesome who is. Um, This guy, he's been a part of our church. I think he came early this year. I think around March, if I remember correctly. And um, he's a very outspoken guy. He has a lot to say. You might think I'm talking about Anthony, but I'm not. And I can't tell you how often I have people come to the church who have that gift of speaking, and they think that they should be able to speak their first Sunday here, their second Sunday here, and then if you don't give them that opportunity, they leave. And so I kind of have this trial period <laughs> to where I want to make sure they, they come and they get plugged in and they form relationships and that they actually dedicate themselves to this church before they come up here and share with us. And um, this guy is just blown me away and that he has this gift and it's been pent up and I know about ready to explode out of him. And not once has he asked me if he could have the stage. Not once. He's exercised that self-control and this is how you know he is a man of God because he was, he's been waiting, patiently waiting. And so when I asked him, I texted him and I said, hey man, you want to speak on Sunday? Um, I think I got the fastest response that I've ever gotten. I said, I'm in. So I don't know if you guys can guess who I'm talking about yet, but Tim, Tim Coleman, come on up, buddy. This guy's a gift to our church. And you all know that because he's so giving, he's so loving. He loves the church. He loves God. He loves us. And we know it. It's evident by how he talks about us. And I love you, man. So let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for this anointed man of God, and we thank you for the calling that you've put on his life. And we're so grateful that he's a part of our church and that we get to receive from him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm talking to you guys. So I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Before we get going, I want to do my prayer. So if you'll give me that moment, bow your head. Father, I submit myself to you. I submit myself to the Holy Spirit that not a word will come from me, but only by you. Only by you. Holy Spirit, temper my tongue that that happens, that I follow the Spirit and we hear what God has to say. Amen. amen. You know, amen means so be it. And that's the first thing I want to get out is when you have something you need to pray about and agree with God about, get aggressive about it. Amen is very soft and gentle. But if you say, so be it, you're agreeing with God. It's a more powerful description. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to share my story about how I got to where I am today. You're going to hear things that could be conflicting with maybe what you thought or felt. This is not a comparison or a judgment of how you've done things. But through this, the Holy Spirit is going to convict us, and He is going to teach us and give us instruction and open the Word to us like we've never seen it before. That's going to happen now. Whoever hears is going to understand. Here's what I want to know. The Bible 
is not a storybook. It is an instruction manual. It is very clear, very specific instructions on what to do in our life. Last night at our men's group, which was phenomenal, I told these guys in 38 years of my Christianity, I have not been around more men that are so great, so amazing, so giving the word into you and we're interacting. It has been amazing. And I asked last night, who's ready for a Goliath moment? Let's get real, okay? Let's get ourselves real inside of the Bible. The armies fled, and this 15, 16-year-old boy, David, ran to the battle. He did. Why? Because he knew who his father was. He knew him. Are we ready for a Daniel moment? Being thrown into the lion's den. You can't imagine that because they don't do that anymore. But there's a whole lot of other ways they can get you. So are we ready for that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fiery furnace. Are we ready for that to go, hey, do whatever you want to do. If I burn up and smoke, hey, I've got God. We're good. Do we have that attitude? Do we have that mind in us? That's what I want to start setting forth here. I'm going to tell you again where I got this from. My new passion, my new understanding is when COVID, which is I despise even saying the name, that is a name under every name that's under the foot of Jesus. So who cares about COVID? So I was so messed up when all this stuff started coming out and just, I work now for a big corporation and their mandates and telling me what I have to do and all this stuff, it just didn't set with me and it started making me angry and angry and more irritated. So I went out and I went for a walk and I said, Lord, I need you to tell me what to do with this. And he spoke to me as loud as I've ever heard it, but one time when he told me who I was going to marry. I heard it so loud. I said, what do I do with this? He said, do not comply. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fourth man will be with you. And let me tell you something. Once you have God's word on it, consider nothing else. So that boldness in me helped me upset a lot of friends and family and telling them, no, you don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Whatever they say, do not listen to them. Do the opposite of what they say. And I would poke, and I would poke, and I'd poke the bear. But you know what? My friends and family really did listen, and they're safe now. And so many people at my work, corporation, mandating, mandating, get that shot, get that shot, get that shot. They're all the ones that are sick constantly. And let me tell you, through prophecy, God said specifically, if you bowed to that, if you took that, he said, repent. Get on your knees, repent, and I will save you. He will restore you. There's nothing outside of him that he cannot fix. So stop with your limitations. If you messed up, you messed up. Because when we submit to something like that, we're, we're not listening to God. We're going, you got this? Okay, I'm going to follow you now. We have to be real. <clears throat> so the, the walk I've been going through, I submit everything to God now. I don't make any decisions. He said, pray without ceasing. That means just talk to him all day long about everything. I don't care if it's the door lock on your house messed up. Hey, Lord, what do I do with this? And he helps you. I can't find this in the house. Where is that, Lord? He helps you. You know how many times you've done that. 
And how many times did you forget to say thank you? We ask, we get our answer, and we move on. We forget to go back up. Okay, so reminder. So I asked God, what do you want me to title this? And I woke up Thursday morning, and he said, it's time. That is from God. He said, it's time. I'm going to read to you something that I do not understand why I get so emotional when I read it. So hope I can get through it. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he said. We have 1 Peter 4. You have those scriptures? Okay, no problem. 1 Peter 4.10. We've seen this a few times over the last few weeks. Therefore, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The, do you have 11, 12? When I finish it, just keep on moving. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So be it. He has given us the call. When I would read... 418, inside of my mind, I'd say, who am I to speak this? I am his child. I am willing and obedient. I am the child of the king. That's who I am. So we're going to go to Genesis 1. We're going to get some foundational stuff going here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, so the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and in it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be light in the firmament and the heavens to divide the day from the night and let there be a sign and seasons for the days and years. And let them be for the lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. 
Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and the rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and a beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and his image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea. That was a lot of reading, but that's a foundational establishment of a reminder of who we are, what control we have, what dominion we have, what authority we have, and what we are to walk in. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And did you notice in that first part, it kind of cleared up a whole lot of drama in our world today? God created... The beast and everything else to follow after its kind. He did not mix them up. Okay, so don't be confused about what's going on out there. Male and female, he created them. Okay. So Matthew 28, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, God gave us authority. He gave us a dominion. What did he do with Jesus? He has all authority in the earth. And he gave that to us. Luke 4, all of it. He gave that to us. And for so many people, you hear them say, well, all those words in red, Jesus said those. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, well, Jesus said those. In creation, well, God, God the creator, God said that. Yeah, he did. He said that and he gave it to us. Every bit of it. I've got cattle and them little marbles will sometimes try to chase after me. They're sneaky. And I have to remember sometimes I have dominion. So I would turn around and go, no. And the big cow stops and looks at me and went, okay. And they always obey. So let's walk in that. Second Corinthians 5.21, if you get one that ready for me. Verse 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that is a reminder to us all when we start thinking about, I'm not worthy to stand up here and talk. I can't speak that word like that. I'm just this little old person. Do you remember what I just did a few minutes ago? Do you remember my failures from yesterday and half of my life, all the failures I did? That says different. He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So whatever junk you're hauling around with you, get rid of it. Quit dragging your nasty, dead message that did not show what God did. But you bring up all your junk out of your past and you start dumping it and dumping it and dumping it and dumping it. And there's a time for testimony to bring back things of pain. And I believe those moments are the moments specifically for people going through that. Otherwise, you're dragging your sin and your failure and you're cropping it back up. You're putting that back in your memory. And what is sin? Sin is a thought that gets meditated on and then it drops in your heart and then you act on it. Let's take responsibility. We take a thought, we meditate on it, we chew it up, put it down in us, and then we choose to act on it. That is the difference. We have responsibility. If we'll continue to go back to these three last scriptures that we were reading, God's dominion, Jesus' authority, and he made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you don't have an excuse, okay? We do not have an excuse. If you'll get that next scripture ready for me, 2 Timothy 2.15. So how do we get to this mindset? How did I get to this place where... The person I was two years ago is not the same person that I was. How do I get to the place that I'm not the same person I was a year ago, six months ago, three months ago? How do you do it? Second Timothy 2.15. I know this one. And my version, the King James Version, is study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show who? Yourself. Approved. To God. So reverse that. Sorry. What if you're not studying? Are you being approved to God? Are you being shown as a workman that needs not be ashamed? Or are you showing up going, oh, I knew I should have done that. Lord, why didn't I do that? Well, because you're not studying to show yourself approved. You're not making the actions. You're not making the steps. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. That's why. Why do I have so much trouble in my life? Trouble comes and trouble goes, but why don't you ask that question? Are we applying ourselves in His Word? We have to ask the question. We have to come to a place of surrender. And this is where brokenness starts. And I went through a heavy brokenness. I'm, I'm a very stubborn person that once I get fixed on an ideal... I'm there. You're not moving me. And I had to get to that place to where, shush, just let it go. We talked about this in group today. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still means let go. Drop it. He's saying, be still, hush, just hush. Drop that thing. Understand who I am. I've got this. Walk with me here. I've told you what to do. Now walk. That's what he's asking us. I'm amazing I'm, that I'm not yelling and stuff right now. I'm really tempered. 
that prayer worked. I'm going to give you an example that God gave me. And I'm being really risky. I brought a real egg here, okay? So I may need some napkins. So the egg, this has a soft shell. And inside of it is the life. Inside of it is the purpose of this egg. Start thinking about the purpose. How many times do you use this? How many times do you put it in whatever you're making? How many different recipes can you make? How many different meals can you make? How much potential does this thing have? Oh, 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 hold on. The egg wants out. I better, I better put it down. It's already wanting out. See, even nature and creation obeys. Matter of fact, I'm going to make a mess here. Anthony, take care of that for me. <laughs> hey, I know what's in his heart. He didn't scream. Say nothing wrong. Good job. Press. Also, let's... Con- ah, sneaky. So let's consider the seed. Any seed. You put it in the ground, it's got an exterior, it's got a shell, okay? Just like the egg, until the egg is broken, it's useless. There's no life, there's no power, there's no purpose, there's no provision, there's nothing that that egg can do for you unless you break it. You have to break it. The seed is the same. The seed has an exterior shell. It's got a coating, and it has to go in the ground, and it cannot produce roots until it's broken. The roots then come out. They spread out. They get stronger and stronger, and then they grow up, and then they produce fruit. God made creation so simple, and he gave it to mirror what our life is supposed to do. We're supposed to follow the process. I love the process of sowing and reaping and farming We put the seed in the ground, and if we'll nurture it and take care of it and water it with the Word, it will grow up to the purpose that it has. It will do that thing which we set it to do. The simplicity of the gospel is that God spoke everything into existence. Understand really what He did. He spoke That's why I read so much in Genesis. Read it again. Because in that, and question everything in the world today that you've ever learned, in that, God described what the earth is. He described what it's all about. And I'll tell you right now, there's not one scripture in the Bible that says the globe is spinning at a big old rate. There's not one. Go back to the word. He said the earth is immovable, not shakable. He has it fixed on a firm foundation. There's so many lies out there that we've heard over half of our life, three-quarters of our life, that redirect us from who God is. There is nothing in the, in the spinning mythology that proves anything. There's no proof of it whatsoever. But God in His Word proved it, and we see it every night. We see it every morning. His creation. So let's believe Him. This is not going to be very long, but you don't have to be long when you're just speaking God's word. He said to speak. Jesus himself said, I say nothing and I do nothing that the Father didn't say to me or that I didn't see. Really grasp that. 
we kind of get out there on our own sometimes, and we've got a prayer or a need or something, we'll, we'll whoop out a scripture and we'll whack it. Did we ask God which way to go with that? Did we get direction? My, my brokenness came from frustration, and Brenda was about to just run for the hills because I'm yelling at God one night. I'm saying, I want to know why my prayers aren't answered. I want to know why when I lay hands on the sick, they don't recover. I want to know why I don't see what I want to see, what I believe that I believe in the Word. I want to know this, and I am yelling, and she's going, Tim, stop. I said, no, we're having an argument right now. I want answers. And that's when he started breaking me down. You ask and you shall receive. Be careful what you ask for, but ask for it all. Ask for it all. You're being too limited as you are now. So am I. So we're learning. We have all wealth of every bit of information, every source of supply, every answer to every problem is within this book. And the same example is if we don't break this open... The life can't come out. You can't get there. You can't fix it. You can't do it. It will not produce if you don't do your part. So back to the simplicity. Speaking. Speaking. Jesus spoke the word. God spoke everything into existence. He imitated his father. We are, as disciples, imitators of Christ. We are to follow the father and the son. If we will simply do as he said, did you know that just about every promise that you can read in the Bible, right after it says, and I'll prosper you, and I'll fill you, he's always bringing provision at the point of you do your part, and I'll do this. He's, every one of them, every one of them, go through it. There's conditions to them all. Spoke about this in our group as well. There's this American spiritual scripture that people tell people that are struggling or not doing well. They say, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I agree with that. Do you all agree with that? How many times have we said it and someone else said it to us? And that's the only scripture they give us is that one. You know what I've been learning? All them scriptures that I've been learning for half my life, I need to go read the rest of it. Right after he says, I'll do that for you. I will do that for you. I have the plans. I'm going to give them to you. All your purposes, all your dreams, they're going to be fulfilled. Read down. Ooh, that sounded like Spooky Joe, didn't it? Read further down. He said, now call to me and I'll listen. Ask me and I'll answer. And then he's saying, I have a direction now, so come on. If you want this, come on, this is what I need you to do. And if you'll do these, you have it. You have it. Again, simplicity. Going to keep on saying simplicity. The God of creation that we see every morning and every night, and I hope you go out and appreciate it. He made it so simple. Speaking. He said, if you want... Salvation, what do you do? He said, believe, confess, speak. That's all he said. Not a whole bunch of conditions and jumping around in circles and making sacrifices and all that stuff. He just said, hey, 
believe in me, follow me. He just simply said, do that. Here's the tough stuff. You know, the Bible is so simple, it's hard. It is so simple, it's hard. We grasp that. Our minds can't get around the fact that all we have to do is follow him. All we have to do is speak his word. All we have to do is understand who he is. And I encourage you with this before I move on is when you have conflict with a situation, you don't understand it, question the character and nature of God. What is the character and nature of God? And it'll help you navigate what's right and wrong. But you have to know the heart of God also. You have to know what his thoughts are, where he's going. That's why David ran to Goliath. He knew his God would protect him and take care of him. Daniel in the lion's den, man, he was casual. Whoa, just roll up in there and nap time. Good, I don't have to work out there. I can take a nap with a lion. Wow, talk about amazing. Now, he said, when you have situations, don't be moved by what you see. Simple instruction. We see all of it. It's right there in my face. Don't be moved by it. Secure yourself with his word. What did he say about it? Once you get a word from God, consider nothing else. And we have all that here. When challenges come physically or financially, where do we run? We run to the doctor. We run to the bank. We need to run to God. I really want you to put in your mind, what if those things fall away? There's no more. What if you don't have a hospital to go to or a banker to go pull money from? What if? Ecclesiastes says that there's nothing new under the sun. It just keeps on going. It keeps repeating itself because that's how dumb we are. We just keep on doing it wrong. So all the books of the Bible tell us story after story after story of God's people following him, falling away, and he has to come rescue him. And here we are again. We're going to enter some dark times because nothing's new under the sun. There's going to be some things happen in our future that bring us to the point of where God is going to step in. And there's going to be moments where you're going to have to make decisions on, do I follow this path because that's what they're telling me I have to do? Because my job said I have to do this. I can't go on vacation if I don't do this. I can't travel if I don't do this. That is a subject that I can get real ugly about. I do not play with it. I am that kind of person that my job, I'm a servant to, but they don't own me. I'm a rental unit. So I'm not doing anything outside of God. And my company, when they mandated all those things, I told my boss, there's not one of these things will I do. Not one. And God did not defy. I mean, he, he didn't let me go. Things were great. Brenda had to go through the same situation with her employer, making, making her do that. And I was, you stop doing that. You remove that mask. You do not cover your face. You do not follow that disobedience. That is garbage. You do not do it. And she was fighting it a little bit. And one day I just said, listen to me. Go in and you visualize. And I, I say this a lot. Please visualize. You visualize God the Father right behind you. He's looking at your employer as they speak to you, telling you what you have to do. And they told her what she had to do, and she said, I'm not going to do it. 
no more. And it was a day, but they fired her. You know what happened? Oh, man. When you follow God, sometimes it hurts. Yeah, she used to work in 61st and Sheridan in Tulsa. Now she works at 86th Street North off 169. She used to work five days a week. She works three and a half. Now she makes more money than she ever did. So follow him. He makes it so simple. Don't be moved by what you see, but by what you believe. But you better know what you believe. I've got some friends that I've had Bible study with every Wednesday morning for 15 years. And one of them, he's old school. And he says, you know, just like that Columbine shooting, you never know what you're going to do like that girl that he said, you defy Jesus and I'll, I'll not shoot you. And she said, I will not. And she was shot and killed. He said, you never know what you're going to do until that moment comes. Well, I believe different. You better decide right now what you're going to do. You better have a full understanding about what you're going to do. You better have this in your heart. Because the things that will come, because the scripture says the things that will come, men's hearts will fail them from fear. So you don't want to be that one. So we have struggles with sin, addictions, uh, every other name that's out there that's under the name of Jesus. Let's not forget that. Every name. Don't claim those names on you. Put them under the name of Jesus. Here's the simplicity again. He said, resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Did, did he say, make a big dance, make a fire, go cut an animal in half? Nope, he didn't. He said, resist the devil and he will flee. Did you know that when you get full, that bad thoughts, lustful stuff, it doesn't come? Did you know the temptation to want to do something that's not good for you doesn't come? And if it does, you go, really? No, I don't think so. Just as David and Goliath, hmm, nope, I don't think so. You ain't nothing to my God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Do not be moved by what you see. If you want salvation, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe and you will be. Pretty simple stuff, right? Here's one that might hang on to. Be anxious for nothing. How often do we... Right in the pit. Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's going. Right when it shows up, you need to speak out of your mouth. Immediately, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and he will answer you. That's how we handle ourselves. But you can't carry this stuff around. You can't let it mull over and mull over. It's the same as the thought of sin. If you continue to roll over these thoughts, these anxious moments, they're going to go into your heart, and then you're going to react anxious. A few weeks ago, I surrendered my job to God. The frustrations with it, the wow, I cannot believe the influence that's going on in this. And I gave it to him. I'm done with it. I'm not going to be anxious about it. I'm not going to be concerned about it. I'm going to do my thing. I know I'm doing right, so I don't care what they're saying about me. I don't care what the lying lips are saying about me. I'm not going to be moved by that. I'm going to be secure with what I know and who he is. That's it. Would you bring up Psalms 1, 1 through 3 for me?
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Three little scriptures that can change your world. And in that, remember that when we have moments that thoughts get dropped into our mind about contention or uh, discord from another person, you have an issue pops up, same thing. Reject that thing immediately. Do not let that thought come in that, oh, so-and-so, she must not like me, didn't talk to me today. Cast that thing down. Shut it down. Do not allow it. I really encourage you to do this. I should have put this video in. Bob Newhart has an old video called Stop It. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's a story. He's a psychiatrist. Woman comes in with all these problems. I have fear about being buried alive in a, in a coffin. Has anyone ever tried to do that to you? No? Stop it. But, but I get anxious when I think about it. Stop it. But, but so-and-so said something about me. Stop it. Every little moment, every little garbage that comes against you, it's coming against the Word of God. It's coming against you. Just stop it. And when it comes, speak His Word out of your mouth. It doesn't change unless you do. You can just go, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And let it carry walk around with you. Stop it. Just stop it. The simplicity of this message, I hope you saw that we just need to get down to basics. And I continue to relate things back into the old days. I mean, I, I go into the West, the old Western days, and I tell Brenda, one day we're sitting on the couch and we're talking about some things coming up and wild things in the world, and I said, girl, you better get your little house on the prairie on. <laughs> she went, what? She's thinking Laura Ingalls running across the field going, hey, hey. No, hey, them pioneers were bad. They, they had their faith in God, and they fixed things. They didn't run to the doctor because they didn't have one within 100 miles. And they went through pain of healing, fighting the source of life. I mean, we're going to live because I feel that pain. But they didn't go do that. They went to God, and God fixed it. And they endured hardness, and they got through it. Let's go all the way back to Abraham. Hey, man, they were wandering around in the desert. And when God told him to do something, he just did it. And then he went back about doing his business. But he relied on God. We watched the movie, which I do not recommend, Noah. Wow, that was completely unscriptural. But knowing the story of it, realize out of all that, 40 years of prep, right? All that time. All those people, they knew, oh, rain, 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 whatever, rain, rain, rain. And it started raining. And they still, rain, 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 whatever, rain. And the only people that got on that boat 
were Moses' family. Eight people were spared. And through the children of Israel being saved from Pharaoh, walking across the Red Sea on dry ground, all their enemies destroyed behind them. This all happened in one day, by the way. One day. They get across and they forget what God said. And in Exodus 3, God says, earnestly remember what I've said. With all your heart, earnestly remember what I said. And then what happens later? He tells them about the promised land. Spies go in. How many came out with a good report? Two. Think about the millions of people and two. Think about Noah. Millions of people. Eight. Oh, there's that word again. Eight new beginnings. Hmm. Isn't God awesome? All the time. So in those situations, there were few that stood up. There were few that took the message. There were few that walked with God. And you think, man, I've been saved for a long time. And the Gospels say that they come to the Master and says, but Lord, I prayed for people in your name. I laid hands on the sick in your name. And he says, I never knew you. We have a church in the United States that will be judged first, and it's been happening quite a bit. And when you hear of ministers and speakers, evangelists doing the wrong things, and they're getting caught, and they are getting caught, do not speak against them. God's anointing is upon these people in their failure. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and that's for us all. So any minister that's out there that's got all messed up, shh, you pray for him. That judgment needs to come for him or her to turn from that. He is still the God of salvation. He is still the God of mercy and grace. He's still going to help them if they will turn. Okay? But this gospel has been so candy-coated. There is a mega church out there that I prayed for him yesterday when I saw this message again. That in the salvation message, he corrected one of his people that was leading someone to the Lord. And he said, without a doubt, I know that Jesus is in your heart. And he said, that's when I corrected him, when he said, without a doubt. So the gospel was there. But we start messing up the gospel inside of it. Satan is a deceiver. Do you think he can't get to the elect? The Bible says he can. He's been a deceiver from creation, so he can deceive us. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, somewhere around there, it refers to, we went over this before, it refers to that there's going to be a message and we're going to be given the opportunity to divide the word, rightly divide the word. Is that God? And these, these masses of people are going to go the wrong way because it was a really good message. It was an itching gospel, itching ears gospel. It sounded good. We're going that way. But the others who are in his word and understand the truth of him, the character and nature of God, judge it by that. They go, mm -mm, no, that doesn't sound right. I'm going to go over here. This is the narrow path. 
the narrow path where few make it. Few. We have the examples. They're, they're going to think, that's the word. That you better know it's the word. They're going to deceive. Another massive deception has been, and it's in Revelations 3, says that in the end times, which I believe we are in them or approaching them very quickly, says that, synopsis, the people will be deceived by sorcery. That word sorcery is pharmacia, pharmaceuticals. It's going to be vaccinations. It's going to be pills. It's going to be, come here, trust me, I'm a doctor. The people will be deceived. Read Revelations 3 today. The people will be deceived by sorcery, which is pharmaceuticals. We have to, 2 Timothy 2.15, rightly divide the word of truth so that we're not ashamed. I'm going to wrap it right there. Remember God's title. It's time. It's time. He's saying, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Guys, every single day it's the same thing, but we keep brushing it off like it's no big deal. It's no big deal. No big deal. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. A good friend of mine was killed Tuesday in his shop with his wife right next to him. Happened in a moment. Do you think you can mess around anymore? You, you want to you play the game of, I'm okay at church. Hey, how are you doing, girl? No, no. You've got to quit. Stop it. Oh, Creepy Joe again. Just stop it. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Whether you're a Christian for many, many years or you're brand new, choose whom you're going to serve. I thank you for listening to me. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.